Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However, wherever, whenever you're listening, this is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 46. Coming at you from the Riverwood Gallery and Your True Value Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm the host and producer, Eric Fisher, alone in studio today, but not alone on the episode. Because joining me via Zoom, the coach, Justin Dahl. How you doing, Justin? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Biggie? I hope life's treating you well. Sounds like you had a good, nice little dinner with the... Uh... With the better half, and and hope. Uh, well, we don't hope, know how it turned out yet. Good. We don't know how it turned out yet. It's in the oven right now. But uh, oh, it's in it's in the oven. Yeah, the, okay. the, the the what I made, I decided to cook. Uh, the lasagna is in the oven, so we'll see how that all right plays out after the episode, I guess. Okay. But okay, uh, no, well, I'm excited to hear about it. I I don't I don't know, I don't know if you're a good cook or not. So. I'm excited to hear what Shauna says about it. Well, Justin, you've seen me. Um, I've lived on my own for a few years now, and uh, I'm not getting any smaller, so I like to think I'm pretty good. So, Okay. But, okay. but we'll have to see. Um, wasn't quite the normal supplies I was usually working with, so uh, the lasagna that I made, we'll see how it turns out. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. Um, paying up a bet on carving pumpkins that I somehow... Only got two votes for on my pumpkin, but it is what it is. So, you you're gonna call out all your all the voters, all, all the family voters. On... No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna go that route. I'm just gonna say props to my dad for being my main supporter. Um, and then he turned Hannah, my brother's girlfriend, onto my side too. So I got two votes, and it it was a it wasn't my best effort. Um, but it it was what it was. You know we. We move on from it. We we advance next year, and we we make the dinner, and we look from there. So all right. Well, I wish you I wish you the best of luck in the future with uh with with the carving pumpkins, and maybe you should buy a few extras to uh, kind of practice. Practice. We're pumpkins. painting ours. We're not carving. We're painting. Painting. That's. But then you can't see them unless it's during the daytime, or if you have like a porch light. Right. We don't put candles or nothing in them anyway, so. Oh, I suppose, and that's fine. So I guess that plays out. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I never <laughs> did that. I never went the paint route. That's that's new to me. I've never done a painting a pumpkin. I'm excited for it. We, uh, I think we're going to shoot for Tuesday. We're doing football hand-in tomorrow, and my wife's got the volleyball banquet tomorrow, so. So we're just wrapping up our fall sports now, Big E. It's it's time, and uh, my itch and, and my miss and my love for basketball starting to get bigger and better. And so we'll see. We'll see how how this goes. I might be like a crazy addict or something, <laughs> itching at the walls to get into a gym somewhere. So. Well, well, I'm sure we'll you'll figure something out. So why don't we talk about our partners? Over at Monkey Knife Fight and Raise Energy. First, we always start off with Monkey Knife Fight. They're our oldest and first partners over there. And I got to say, I, uh, I'm i not too happy with, uh, with how today went out for me. Awesome partners of Monkey Knife Fight. Usually, like I said, usually they put money in your pocket. You play the contest. You know, you, it's, Like I said, they're almost giving you money. Um, but today they took some money. I, I lost my contest today on the Packer game. Uh, I had... You know, I did the touchdown dance contest. We did it actually on the episode. So if you're you know, kind of following along with the episode, had more or less two and a half touchdowns. So I needed three touchdowns from my three players that I picked. I had Aaron Jones, Devonta Adams, and Terry McLaurin. 
uh, from Washington. In the first quarter, I was looking great. You know, we had Devonta Adams opening drive, touchdown, McLaurin on that long bomb from Heineke, looking great. I'm like, I just need one more touchdown. This is the first quarter. They'll have to run in one with Jones as the game goes on. I'm feeling good. Or maybe Devontae catches another one. They had a couple opportunities, but nope, Lazard got no. Lazard got one and uh Tunyon got one. And Devontae Adams did not, and they didn't decide to run one in with Aaron Jones. So I ended up being a loser on that and not too thrilled about how the contest went, but like I said, most weeks they put money in your pockets. So, you know, play along with the contest. You can usually find something that a you know, contest that you're willing to play for and and you know, find the results that you want. Great partners. They're great partners for us. Uh, love having monkey knife fight with us. So get out there and play. Yeah. Do so responsibly. But, you know, like I said, it's money in your pocket. Can't turn that down. And then we got our partners over at raise energy repsports.com. Like I said, a couple weeks ago, just dropped the Franken sour. I just got mine um, in the mail. It's out in the mail now. So I should, by the next time we record, hopefully have a review for it. But just got it out of my cart. They still have their, you know, trial pack of the Franken Sour for the Halloween flavor. Uh, so, you know, you just pay for shipping and it ends up being $9.95. Try it out. You know, try some other flavors out, too. They got sample packs of, like, the main flavors, too, the, the not limited edition ones. If you go that route, code ROOT4, R-O-O-T, number four. And that's 15% off any order on repsports.com. That's Ray's Energy. Whether you're going for the Ray's flapjacks or waffles, their protein uh, breakfast options, you can go for the Ray's cakes, like their cake, you know, their mug cake or whatever you can call it. They got the sleep supplements, the pre-workout. It's all there. Uh, it's really a lifestyle. They got clothes, shaker bottles, you name it. It's there. Ray's Energy. RepSports.com, code ROOT4. Hit them up. Hit them up. It's the, the gear is sweet. The drinks are sweet. Everything about Ray's is sweet. Hit them up and use Root4. Code Root4, R-O-O-T, number four. With that, we start off the actual bones of the episode. Another Halloween theme pun there for you. And bones. Yeah, you like that? And I with like that, it. With that, uh, we start off with what we always start off with. Well, the positives, what we had rooted for, that's sponsored by Fanatics. Fanatics, over 300-plus powered stores. If it's a team that you're rooting for, you can find it there. I mean, Packers, Brewers, Bucks, Badgers, 300-plus powered stores. If you're not a fan of those teams and you're for some reason listening to this podcast, I'm sure your team's there too. They've got NASCAR drivers, official merchandise. All sorts of stuff is there. And with that, Justin, what did you root for this week? Man, I rooted for the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves, I told you last time I was on, I told you they were a team of destiny. I think they're going to go. Uh, their pitching right now is just unbelievable. To mow down and go through uh, a loaded Dodgers lineup like they did and look spectacular doing it. Uh, with the starters through all the way through their bullpen to their pitching uh, is just right now they, they're so hot. And I think they're, they're destined to win the world series, you know, and that's, that's really interesting. I mean, they are the hottest team in baseball, right? I mean, Houston did struggle a bit with, um, with the Boston Red Sox. And for a while that that was going to swing Boston's way, but the Braves, they mowed through Milwaukee for all intents and purposes. I mean, they, they cost Andy Haynes, job as a hitting coach and, Rightfully so at this point, if we're being honest, probably a little bit long overdue. But um, 
yeah, then they made the Dodgers look the same way, and the Dodgers just kind of ran out of gas too. So, you know, between Max Fried and Charlie Morton at the front end of that, that rotation, and yep. like you said, the bullpen all the way through, not a whole lot of names that come out of that bullpen. You know, you don't hear any of these names, and, you know, they don't strike fear into your heart like a Josh Hader would or even like a, for the Dodgers, like a Julio Urias or Kenley Jensen or even, you know, like I said, the starters that they had, Scherz or Bueller, and he didn't pitch, but Kershaw, but – just a couple guys other than Martin and Freed that you've never really heard of and getting the job done. So hats off to them. And good luck against the Astros in the World Series because the Astros are red hot right now too. So that should be pretty interesting series. I'm really curious how that shakes out. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think that Atlanta has the advantage in the managerial um Position, uh, Dusty Baker is a legend in in the sport, but I think Snicker, he he's hot right now. He he's pushing all the right buttons, um, even even through the pitching coach. That's Kranitz, right? Yep, Rick Kranitz. Rick Kranitz. Now, am I wrong in saying that he was with Milwaukee? He was the Brewers pitching coach in the mid 2010s. I think it was. I don't remember his exact tenure. Um, he was before Derek Johnson. Derek Johnson was 2017, 2018, I believe. Um, I don't okay. know the exact. I said I'd, I'd have to look at the exact timeline. But he I was, was going to say the name sounds familiar. He was before um, Derek Johnson, who then handed up Dudu's off to Chris Hook. Uh, Rick Kranitz. I'm just giving a search right now. Kranitz was the Brewers pitching coach from 2011 to 2015. Okay. Okay. Well. I, I think he's pushing. He's obviously doing a hell of a job. I mean, he's he he's lighting it up with his guys and and Morton. Do you think Morton might have won the Cy Young through this through this whole experience? No, because the, uh, maybe the, the regular months. the regular season. Um, I mean, they're regular season awards, so they wouldn't be going on the postseason. But I well, do. He had a great last two months of the season, didn't he? He he wasn't bad. I mean, he's he's been so solid most of his career, really, especially the last probably three years or so between his time with Tampa Bay and now with Atlanta. But as I, I think it was going to come down to uh, Corbin Burns and Scherzer. I think it was really a two-headed race. I mean, he might really? he'll probably get votes, but I, I think it's going to be that two-headed race right there and probably Bueller in the conversation and depending on how you feel about uh, DeGrom long-term. I know he was missed a lot of time with injury, but it, it'll probably be. I like I said, I'm unbiased. I think that's the the race of Burns and Scherzer. And yeah. Pick who you want. I think it pro. I think it should be Burns, but there's probably some, um, home team bias on that. But the numbers do point to Burns, one of the best pitching se- individual pitching seasons since Pedro Martinez in terms of WAR and all the advanced analytics and then just the eye test too. So that's, I mean, you can, you really can't go wrong Scherzer or Burns, you know, in a lot of years, probably Morton did enough to win it, but just the two special years that those two guys had probably not enough to steal the award away. Well, I hope, I hope you're right. I hope I actually hope you're right, but I'm excited to uh, kind of see what this world series boils down to. Who, who are you taking Eric? If I was to put some scratch on it, and if I had to make a prediction right now, I think I'd probably lean Houston. Um, you know, just Atlanta's red hot, and you can't you know can't write that off because that's a big factor in baseball, just being hot and being you know streaky. 
Um, Atlanta is red hot, and I, I just don't know if they have the depth, you know, roster-wise and rotation-wise to kind of match what Houston's done from what I, you know, from watching both series here. I mean, even in the games where Houston's gotten blown out by Boston, those were they were still putting up three, four runs a game. Um, most of those games. And then, you know, just like I said, just looking how deep of a lineup Houston has, you know, one through seven really just, you know, they don't stop hitting. And to be fair, I mean, neither has Atlanta right now. Um, But just in terms of, I mean, at some point you would think, I mean, up until like, I mean, up until like, I think August 1st, Atlanta was sub 500. And eventually that, that does... I think have to even out at some point. And I think the, you know, just the injuries and the suspensions between, you know, losing Marcelo Zuna due to the the domestic violence situation and losing Acuna to the torn Achilles. I think that is going to catch up at some point. It hasn't to this point. And they've had, you know, incredible performances out of guys like Eddie Rosario, who they got from the twins and um, from uh, Jack Peterson, from that they got from the Cubs and you know just incredible performance Solaire, at this right? point. Solaire, too. Been... But he he's been out from COVID lately too. But I mean, he left in the middle of the Brewer series actually. So I'm curious when he comes back if he comes back for the World Series or not. But to this point, um, like I said, it, it should be a better World Series than we've had in the last couple of years. If if that's what you want to ask. Yep. Yep. But I'm taking I, the Braves, Eric. I guess we'll have to see how it plays out. I will take the Astros. I think Ramsey would probably just – he'd probably take the Yankees for some reason just because I think yeah. he's not here though. Most so he'll, he'll, we'll give him the Yankees. We'll give him the field. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, my, loses, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, my rooted for, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay away from baseball. I know that you got you, – you know, you're just a closeted Braves fan here. I'm going to go with something that just happened here in the last, I don't know, hour or so. And that was watching the end of the NASCAR race. I know Ramsey usually would take this route, but I'm going to take this route and go kind of on a sentimental aspect. Kyle Larson getting another win, his ninth win of the season. Just can't say enough about that accomplishment. Unbelievable. The second, the second or the first driver since 1987 with Dale Sr. to win three straight points races twice in one season. Not only that, he's got nine wins. But he's got six runner-ups to match that. Yeah. If you if you think seven half of the season, half of the season he's either been one or two. That the ins- guy is on a remarkable pace right now. Insane. But the real, I mean, not the real conversation, but the the reason it kind of gets brought up, and then why I said the sentimental route here. So, for those of you who don't know, seventeen years ago, a tragedy struck sport of NASCAR with uh, Hendrick Motorsports. And I don't, I don't, I think it was eight or nine people uh, from Hendrick Motorsports ultimately had gotten in a plane crash and, and all passed away. And the most notable, besides some of their chief engine builders that, you know, just kind of skate the names is Rick Hendrick, the owner of Hendrick Motorsports, his son, uh, Ricky Hendrick, had passed away in that, that plane accident. And Ricky Hendrick, and the reason this kind of, obviously, so today, 17 years, gets the win just on, on principle, that's awesome, you know. Uh, actually, the yep. first race after the incident and back in 2004, Jimmy Johnson had gotten the win. So another, you know, Hendrick Motorsports win on that, you know, the first one and now the anniversary. But where it really comes cool is that Kyle Larson all season long has been racing kind of a tribute car 
and a couple, you know, numerous different reasons for the reason that he is, but he's been racing the same, the number five car, same number uh, Ricky had drove when he was in the what's now the Nationwide Series, and also the same paint scheme, different sponsor, obviously, but same paint scheme um, and same layout of the car. So just, you know, brought the car to victory lane again today and, and just a special moment for HMS and Kyle Larson, who, um, I mean, enough, you know, enough is known about the controversy of his off season and what's gotten him to this point to be coming into Hendrick Motorsports and why he doesn't have a you know, main sponsor or didn't for the longest time. But um, just a cool moment, you know, that you don't see a whole lot of, you know, you really can't write a storybook ending like that. And hopefully it ends up in him winning a championship in my book. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, even uh, just a tad more to add on to that, uh, Hendrick going one and two today, uh, three cars in the top 10. So uh, just a just a great day for Henrik. Uh, looks like they're all but sure. Uh, looks like Elliot's got to complete about a half a race next week, and he'll be in the final four. So looks like uh, Henrik Motorsports is in a great spot. Uh, look, looking into that that final race and taking up at least half of the half of the spot. So they might end up with another championship. Yeah, they'd go back to back with Chase Elliott winning it last year, and he is plus thirty four now after today's results. Uh, so, yep. really, I mean, barring something catastrophic, yeah, about a half a race. If he completes about a half a race. He's probably going to get in. Right. So that is my route for. So we go from the positives to the negatives, and that's our Tyler Hero Nugget of the Week. And Justin, I think I'll go first on this one if you don't mind. Sure. My nugget of the week, and it actually, and you know, I really probably shouldn't, you know, look a gift horse in the mouth, but uh, I'm going to go with Taylor Heineke today in the Packers uh, Washington football team game, and we're going to break this game down more and a little bit later in the episode. But man, I, I just can't imagine, you know. So the reason he's getting the nugget is the moment where he had a clear walk-in touchdown. I don't know if he was a little, you know, if he heard the footsteps of Darnell Savage and just tried to dive in. But he did the roll, gave himself up for all, and you know, for rule purposes. Knee goes down at the one, short of the touchdown. He did the Lambo leap because he, you know, he's actually grew up a Packers fan. I don't know if you were aware of that, Justin. Yeah, grew up yep, a huge I Packer heard. fan, and uh, did the found a Washington fan in the front row, did a Lambo leap, and just for it to get called back. Then they end up actually turning the ball out because that was third down, turnover on downs for fourth down. And Green Bay did end their streak. Like I said, we'll talk about the game pretty, you know, more in detail a little bit later in the episode. But uh, that was what broke the streak for the Packers giving up touch, consecutive touchdowns in the red zone and then ended up actually going three straight after that. So Taylor Heineke gets a noogie for, like I said, just had a clear touchdown, didn't need to do what he did, and he slid slash rolled, and that was that. No touchdown for the Washington football team. Yeah, big time bummer. I mean, that's a great way for the Packers to kind of end their streak, but uh, yeah, just a huge bummer for them not to get that easy touchdown, and then not only that, but to turn it over on downs in the next one. So, yeah, I'll touch with you on that one. You're you're absolutely right. That was that was an ugly couple set of downs there. He deserves a little bit of a noogie for that. And I'm gonna give one to to Terry McLaurin too on the next drive. Um, as you know, while we're talking about this now, the following drive, another, you know, kind of going back to my, my monkey knife fight conversation here, 
following drive, fourth down or third down play. Or maybe it was even fourth down, but third or fourth and goal. And has a touchdown pretty clear. Bounced off the face mask, couldn't haul it in. Cost me some money. Cost his team oh. potentially the game. That would have been a huge swing in the game at that point, too. So two guys yeah. from Washington football team that uh, just had kind of boneheaded plays. Bonehead plays cost cost you games. No, what are they now? Two and five? That does put them at two and five. That is correct. That defense is too good to be two and five. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, uh, I mean, the way they, well, we'll talk about it here in a little bit, but the way they put pressure on Rodgers all day, that, that defense is too good to be two and five. All right, Eric, my noogie of the week. I'm going to nail it down. It's going to be a bit of a surprise. Okay. It's going to be, going to be myself. Oh, okay. Yes. Let's hear it myself. I am. I am in a, a rut the size of California right now oh boy. when it comes to fantasy football. All right. I mean, I'm in multiple leagues. I think maybe I'm spreading myself a little too thin mm-hmm. because I, I play guys that, that are out They're They're out. And it's well known ahead of time that they're out. Yeah. And I mean, so, to, to tie it back uh, to the show here, I mean, our route for Wisconsin league, Nick Chubb in your starting lineup, Justin. What are you doing? I'm I'm a disaster right now. I I really and the worst part, I think I lost to Ramsey today. You're not just losing. I think you're getting killed in that game. Yeah, I think I think I lost. Not only lost, but I think I'm getting crushed by Ramsey today. Look, well, I'm just watching here. It looks like Josh Jacobs went in, so that might be good for me. But anyways, Josh Jacobs is my team yeah. in that league, so. But he ended up missing the rest of that I don't game. Even know. I don't even know who I have. Well, let's I'm take so a look. We can do right this now. live, Justin. Uh, break down your team. Nick Chubb. You are. You have a one percent chance of winning. Uh, you well, had zero the, points from so Nick Chubb. So it's the dumb and dumber thing. So you're saying there's a chance if you can get about forty po- or thirty points out of uh, Tyler Lockett tomorrow night. It's That's not possible. impossible. It's not impossible. That is definitely possible. Actually, I lied. It's, it's you would need a forty burger. My math was off for a second. You would need a forty burger. Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett is he, he he is a boomer bust guy. He has a shot. It is an out. And then I got to say boy, this while we're talking about boy, not having Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb in there really just irks me. You know, like, Justin, you can't make that mistake. Because you, I have, had a great start in this league, and now and now I pissed it away. Because I'm not paying attention. You had 18 these, points these, on the bench right now from Khalil Herbert. All these kids, all these kids I got that I got to pay attention to are taken away from my fantasy football life, Eric. All right? This is my problem. Now I got schmucks like you and Ramsey who don't have to do all these other responsibilities just chewing me up. It's ridiculous. You know, I, I'm also going to kind of, I don't want to, I'm not giving myself a noogie because it's not anything I can do wrong or that I did wrong per se, but I'm kind of mad at fantasy football myself too. I have, uh, you know, I have our root for Wisconsin league, which I'm five and one. So I, I am going to, I think I'm going to take a loss this week. I can afford it. You know, I've got some, some wiggle room atop the, actually across the whole entire league, 
So I'll take that one. However, the one that really irks me. So I'm in a league, Justin, with some of my college friends, right? And some okay. gotten to know these guys pretty good over the years. You know, guys I've lived with, guys, you know, I've been friends with for the last eight years, really. And across the I mean, aside from my defense, I did have the Baltimore defense playing today. So that was minus six. But really, I mean, I've, I've kind of gotten hit by the injury bug on my team. And we just kind of had to put some games together. But I've had a lot of just kind of underperformings and just kind of an underwhelming season. But, however, I've been in a position to win. I'm 2-4 and four in this league, Justin. I've been in a position to win. I should be 4-2. and two. The reason I'm not, though, is two back-to-back Monday Night Football performances that just broke my entire team. We go back two weeks ago. It was Hollywood Brown putting up, what, like 35 points in Monday Night Football. I lose by, like, That's three cool. points. Then I'll tell you what, at least you're in a shot to win the game or to win the week, though. Jeez, I'm not even close. Then we look at last week. Going into Monday Night Football, I'm up 50, Justin. I'm feeling great. But you know, who I, had, 50. You know who I had to play against? A.J. Brown cool. and Derrick Henry. Oh, shoot. Derrick Henry, Henry, Derek Henry puts up 37 points in this league. It's a half-point PPR, but most of his work was done through the ground. 37 some-odd points, and then A.J. Brown, who wasn't even supposed to probably possibly play, he was questionable with a non-COVID illness, had like 12, which, you know, whatever at that point. But, yeah, Derrick Henry beat me last week. And then this week, you know, like I said, my defense is going to be minus six. But really not a bad game across, you know, Joe Mixon only having 11. That kills me. DeAndre Swift, he, my opponent had DeAndre Swift put up 28. But really, I mean, I had 15 out of Devontae or 16 out of Devontae. 14.2 out of the running back from uh, Denver who isn't Melvin Gordon. You know, I, I, do, I didn't leave any points on the bench, so it's not like I could have even done better. But projected to lose there. Then another league, I mean, just again, same kind of thing. Nothing that I really did wrong. Per se, had big games. I yeah. had Mike Jacecki. I had Terry McLaurin. Uh, just one of those weeks, I kind of got hit by that bye week injury. I had to put t- Teddy Bridgewater off waivers as a quarterback to start with. Uh, Mike Davis from the Falcons kind of screwed me. He had only one point out of the running back position. But mm-hmm. he was my only active running back this week that I could put in the game. So it is what it, it's just kind of one of those things where it is what it is, and I'm a little bit mad at fantasy football. This is just uh, ridiculous. I, I might have to. I can't take a break from fantasy football. I got to turn this around, Eric. This yeah. is rough. This is bad. Yeah. This, I mean, I I, there's not much I can even talk. Christ, it's bad. It, it just, it's like I don't even know what to say about it. It's like I don't even know what to say about it, Eric. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what to tell you on that one. I mean, you do have some other responsibility. You can blame things. That's a nice thing. You have things you can blame. If you that's not very that the dad. That's not like a very dad thing to do, though, is it? Like I, I had to play Le'Veon Bell today in a PPR league, and he got me point nine zero points. It, it's, Come on, it's Le'Veon. Not, yeah, but like I said, you have an out. It's not a high road to take. Yeah. It's not the. I it's not the gentlemanly road kickers. to take, but but it is a road you can take. Grumps. I got two <laughs> kickers in this one. Oh my what? Jesus. Oh boy. Eric, all right. All, all right. right. What's your noogie? I I did mine already. I had uh Heineke and McLaurin. Oh, oh and yeah. I Heineke. added fancy okay. football okay. to mine too. So 
Yep. Okay. So with that, what, what are we doing now? What are we doing now here? Well, Justin, uh, we have a new segment now because I mean we kind of touched on uh, because I don't have the Brewer segment anymore. What's brewing? Although I could talk about Andy Haynes finally getting shit canned and like I said, the Brewers kind of looking for a, a new hitting coach, which like I said, probably a year or two overdue. But again, you know, just kind of exciting that you know the David Stern's commenting on that they're not going to rush things and they're going to go for the best decision, not the first decision. So as, but, as, as far as the coaching decision, who they're going to hire for the new coaching, the new hitting coach. Oh, so what about manager uh, manager? They're locked in, man. They're locked in. Yeah. Can't win the big game, but they're locked uh, in with them. This is this discussion. Anyway, <laughs> I had to get it in. There. I, I, know. I had to slide one to you. I know other brewers and just one other piece of brewers news, I guess uh, actually two pieces. A couple guys really lighting up in the fall league, which I'm you guys aren't going to care about, but some of the prospects really lighting things up. Uh, between Joe Gray Jr., some of their top-rated prospects really killing it in the fall league. So awesome on there. And then the Brewers declining or denying the Mets' ability to uh, interview David Stearns as GM candidate. So the Brewers oh, said can't do that, which, again, duh. But right. a little bit of news there. So as I was going to say, though, uh, because I don't have much of a Brewer segment right now and probably till winter meetings and the hot stove season picks up, you know, possibly with award season here too. But we started a new segment last week, Justin, called What the Buck. And talking what a little bit, just a, just a little segment to talk about the Bucks and Milwaukee Bucks right now. And, you know, they got their title defense off on a great start, great game against the Nets. We talked about that, you know, as the episode kind of went on, me and Ramsey broke that down. Uh, took one on the chin against the Heat, and then I believe that they, they beat the Spurs last night, did they not? Yes, they did. I believe it was like one, one twenty-five to one twelve or something like that. They ended up pulling away at the end. But just, I mean, still kind of a, I mean, a lot of the core is back. Obviously, most of the core is back. But trying to find some roles for the bench guys, and I'm, I'm kind of glad that you're able to join me on this because we didn't get to talk to you about the kind of those role players last week. Uh, first of all, I want to ask, what did you think of the rings? Well, the the one ring. That Giannis explained has a what what is it a barcode in it and if you scratch that barcode that you get uh, all the information from their championship season is that correct I did not see that part of it but that's awesome if they did that route I'm pretty sure that that's one of them now I haven't looked too up close on it um, obviously we've got some other things going on we we had uh, the uh, the end of the season JV game this week. So we're just tying things down there and I'm trying to get through it and, and we're almost done with it all. So I'll be able to really dive into it pretty quick here, but I did hear about this barcode thing. And I think that's that thing. That is the coolest. If that's true, that's the coolest thing ever. Right. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely unique. And I like the pen. I like the fact that you can pop the ring off where it is a pendant if you choose to. Um, as a whole, just a very crisp and clean ring. I, I, I was going to ask you, I don't know if you had saw the side-by-side picture, but comparing the one from 1971 versus the one uh, from this year, just massive difference in how the evolution of championship rings has really gone down from here. Yeah. But yeah. I'll uh, tell you what. I'll tell you what I think. It's the best one they've had in 50 years. That's that's a hot take. 
<laughs> I think that's pretty unanimous. But I I like yep. they they I saw a graphic I think on ESPN's or maybe the NBA's uh, Instagram feed of having all the ring designs in the last even like 15, 20 years or whatever. And I gotta say these were among the best. I really like the one from the Lakers from last season too. Uh, especially with the Kobe tribute on it too. But aside from that one, I mean, this it was so crisp. It was clean. The green of the buck looked great on otherwise pretty much all iced out rest of the ring. As a whole, yeah. just a great, I mean, nothing, it wasn't, I mean, it's gaudy. I mean, all these rings these days are, but. How many diamonds are in it, Eric? I couldn't tell you. I didn't see that number. I'm sure a lot, way more than you are ever be able to look at and afford. You should see my wife's ring. I diamond her ass right up. You know how <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but she flashes that off like nothing. But aside from the rings, I mean, so I mean, I know you're not too too deep into the uh, the season yet here, and and really, you know, I've had such a hard time with watching regular season basketball, probably pre February, other side from like the Christmas Day games, but. I mean, like you said, a 121-111 win last night. Uh, t- kind of a not pedestrian game from really everybody here. Chris Middleton led the way with all scores, 28 points. Giannis with 21. Uh, 16 from both Holiday and Conton. And then Grayson Allen rounding up your starting lineup at 10 points. 15 off the bench from George Hill. So really, I mean, just a kind of Big. a very productive game from all fronts. And I tell you what, I love Grayson Allen on this team. I know that's kind of an unpopular really? take in in Wisconsin. I you know I know that you're kind of on the same route with me as being a Duke fan. I love him on yep. this team. I think the production well, he, he gives you, need, yeah, the production he gives you offensively and defensively for that matter too, gives you a lot more production than what they got out of Bryn Forbes at any point last year. More than they got out of Sam Merrill at any point last year. Fits that role perfectly yeah, until Divincenzo comes back, and then off you know when Divincenzo comes back off the bench. He's going to be an incredible sixth guy, seventh guy to go to that first one of those first guys yeah. off the bench and can get you 10 and knock down, you know, three pointers on a consistent basis and can D up too. I like the addition of yeah, George not Hill only back that, too. Yeah, not only that, but he, you know, he's a guy if he's your sixth guy, he's a guy you could bring in and he he could get you a 20 burger if you need him, you know? Uh just a great shooter. He's always been that. That's the one thing that he's always done really well. I, I'm surprised to hear that he's having a great start to the season defensively because that's always been a knock on him. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't really have the quickest feet, but you know they're a deeper deeper team than they were last year. I I believe. Um, I think you know, and we'll see as as the trade deadline comes down. We'll see how injuries affect this team. Uh, uh, you, you've got some older guys that might need some longer rest, and and we'll see. Uh, I think they're they're set up. They're built for they're built for the playoffs. There, I don't know how well they're built for the regular season. They're built for the playoffs. Yeah, so. absolutely. That's an excellent point. And like I mean, you go. I mean, they truly went with a small ball lineup last night between Giannis, Middleton, Holiday, Connaughton, and Allen. But really, you can't. Yeah. Can't complain. I mean, about that. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that the guy that we don't really talk about yet, still, even after the last two or three seasons, is Pat Connington. 
I was a big fan like, of his throughout the playoffs here. I don't know what you're listening right. to, but no, I mean we've went through this description so far. We've talked about is it Rodney Hood on this team? Rodney Hood is on this team. He was a DNP last night too. Yeah, he's he's another Duke guy. We might be collecting Duke guys, Eric. What the hell's up with that? I'm not mad Maybe about it. Maybe they know where their number one fans. They, that's got to be it. I'm and thinking so. We've had some anyway, plumleys in the past, but we still don't. Yeah, we don't. We haven't talked about Pat Connington yet and his experience. And how many teams around the league do you think Pat Connington could probably get a starting job with? As a as a regular starter, on top of it. Yeah. At least half, I'll say. I think. Yeah, he's he's so valuable in that sense. Uh, even Ramsey would probably disagree. With our take on that, but I, you know, I think he's he's so valuable off the bench. His experience now, that's the one thing that that um, we can talk about going forward with this team. You have the five starters intact, and the experience of what last year was and two years ago uh, was. Um, they're they're good. They they'll be right there in the hunt again, no doubt about it. But and this is still let's without, just get through the regular season. Not this is still without Divincenzo. This is still without Bobby Porras. This is still without Brooke Lopez. I mean, you're still yeah. you're missing three very significant pieces here. And you look at this roster. I mean, even kind of as a guy who's gotten a lot of minutes this you know early parts of the season, who really kind of was a camp darling was Jordan Narawa. I'm probably butchering that pronunciation, but yeah. But even he's got potential to make a yeah. very big role on this team. Um, as kind of that spark in that kind of middle, he's 6'8", 225. Has the potential to kind of be that that stretch three, maybe small four if you need it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm trying to remember what 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 college he went to. I want to say Louisville, he but did. I don't I think had, I'm I right had him pulled up. He had Louisville. Wow. But uh, did they play DK at all? Because uh, DK was a guy that they kind of believed they they kind of had high hopes. They pulled him up at the end of at the very last part of the regular season last year. So they only He's went over, they went ten deep last or last night. Uh, they went obviously, like I said, you're starting five: Giannis, Middleton, Holiday, Connaughton, Allen, um, Giannis's brother, Thaniasis. Narawa uh, played 21 minutes. George Hill played 25. J- Justin Robertson or Robinson, excuse me, from Virginia Tech, he played 13 minutes, and then playing six minutes was uh, oh god, I don't even want to begin to pronounce that one. Sandro, holy shit, that's oh, Wells. Schwittisvili Sh- or something like that. Maka He's their draft Mukalashvili. Yeah, know, that, that, he's that's the guy they one. picked up from. Seton Hall. Yes. I think that guy was uh, the Big East Player of the Year or something like that. He he was a second round pick. Well, he's going to be on a first name a basis because that's a that last name's what's a hell his of a first name? name? Sandro. Sandro. Yeah, hell yeah, that's his, he's on a first name basis. He's like Giannis. This is Giannis, worse than Giannis. This Sandro. Thaniasis. Yeah, this one. This is this is worse than than uh, the two Antetokounmpo's. This is M-A. I think they're doing that shit on purpose. They have got. I feel bad for their poor Jersey seamstresses and seamsters. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a lot of. They. Are, I the, bet you they run out of bubbles. The PA guy. What about the, 
the PA guy in the in the goddamn arena has to announce all these names. And then they, the guy didn't play last night, but another guy, Georgios Kalazikis. I'm guessing on that one. Can't you like Wikipedia that and see if they can pronounce it for you? Uh, he's a he's another dude from Greece. That's uh, I'm just gonna leave it at uh, Georgios. Number 18. Georgios. Another, I like it. Another Greece guy. He's from Halkita, Greece. Wherever that is. Yeah. So that's what the buck is going on down in Milwaukee. Two and one to start the season. Can't complain about that. And Justin, I mean, we actually have something to talk about with the Badger Report. I think yesterday was probably the first game, and, and really it was slow. It was methodical, but it was Wisconsin. I Really kind of the first game uh, to kind of work pay attention to, if you will. It was somewhat Wisconsin. Uh, the thing that is, you know, and we're, and we're re- re- kind of repeating ourselves as we go over time here, but there's absolutely no deep threat um, to this team. There is no passing threat. Uh, I have the stats up here. They threw eight times in the whole game. They threw two times in the second half. Yeah. Period. Um, five of eight for 52 yards for the game. Um, but they did have two running backs. Uh, Chesma Lucy went 27 for 149 and a touchdown. And the super, super freshman, super stud freshman, Braylon Allen went 12 rushes for 140 yards and two touchdowns. He averaged 11.7 yards per carry. That's incredible. The one thing, it is great. He's 17 years old. I was going to say, 17. he's not like a true, like a true freshman. He should be a se. senior. Yeah. He should be complete. He should be competing in the WIA playoffs right now. For Fond du Lac. Yep. Yep. You know, unbelievable what this guy's doing. Um, the one thing that we could talk about is uh, I think the, the left tackle position um, is is still not very good. I don't think left side of the ball is very good. They had a tight end that was filling in because they have a couple injuries there in Neshenbach and uh, Rucci that kind of sat out the game. But a converted defensive end um, slash outside linebacker, Jalen Franklin, he's a redshirt junior, number 81, had a hell of a day blocking. Um, he was a pleasant surprise. Uh, and the one thing that you can nick at this game, obviously outside of the passing game, is ball security. Uh, it was horrible uh, by Wisconsin standards. I mean, you're talking about a 30 to 13 win, and they, um, they did their best to take the ball away all themselves, but I, I just was not impressed with that. I think they could have did uh, better in that, and I don't think the coaches are going to um, say differently on that. Just quick, just quick. See, now on the opposite side, you talk about a team like Purdue. They had minus 13 yards rushing. Wisconsin had 290. It's incredible. It's an incredible, yeah, that's an incredible, incredible deal. Uh Here's the other stat that's going to be uh, pretty glaring. 
for Wisconsin. One of eleven on third down efficiency. Ooh. That that's pretty ugly. That, that is pretty ugly. Uh eight penalties. I think they got the first five or six penalties in the game. Um I believe you're right on that. And it was they were there's some ticky tacky ones in there too that yeah. um so Paul Chris so was Wisconsin, not thrilled about. Lost two fumbles, but I believe they fumbled at least two more times. Purdue had five turnovers in this game, which is a, a, and the bright, bright spot of the whole game. You could talk about the running backs. You could talk about uh, the play calling or getting back to Wisconsin football. The bright spot of the whole game was Leo Chanel, Absolutely. Uh, the middle linebacker, number five. The guy is unbelievable. He should be. Uh, considered a bona fide first round draft pick going forward. Absolutely. So, Justin, just to kind of put a, a let's tie a knot and on this uh, Badger talk, we look at next week's game. I will be attending for sure. I don't know if Ramsey will jo- be joining me. I believe he will be. Uh, some different things pulling up there, but Badgers open up as a three point favorite at Camp Randall on homecoming day against the ninth ranked Iowa Hawkeyes. First of all, it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be a short game. I can tell you that because neither team can really throw the ball that well. Well, and I was going to say, I mean, Iowa, I don't know if I wouldn't necessarily say I haven't seen enough of their games this year to say that they're overranked per se. I know that they're very one dimensional, but Wisconsin also, I mean, I would say they're probably the best four and three team in the, one of the better four and three teams in this country. I don't think that's much of a hot take. No, not really, not really a hot take at all. It's, it's too bad. I mean, Wisconsin's faced a murderer's row of a rec, of a of a schedule right now. They've got two top, two ten or, what their three losses, are to Penn State, who just dropped to number twenty. Um, let me pull up the after the nine goal. overtime game against Illinois. Yeah, isn't that that was something. I, and I'll tell you what I like. I like the uh, the switch to the two point conversion. So catch us up on that because I I know at one point that they did do that, or is that like a brand new rule, or is that something that they should adapt to do earlier? I believe it is after the second overtime. It's just two point conversions. Okay. So that's why I went to nine overtimes. So the score was twenty to eighteen. Illinois beat. Penn State, but it's just one single play of um, a two-point conversion. Right. Which is kind of cool, actually. Notre Dame is ranked 11th, who they lost to. Yeah, you got some audio going there, Justin. But, yes, they lost to, at the time, the 19th-ranked Penn State team, who is now back at twenty. The then twelfth ranked Notre Dame and the then ranked fourteenth Michigan team. Yep, and then, yep, sixth ranked Michigan team. Now they'll get number nine Iowa. I fully expect if they win this week, they might be a ranked football team again. Mm-hmm. You know, you you've got you you've got um, a five and two Auburn team that's eighteenth. You've got a six and two BYU team. Uh, that just jumped back into um, the 20, 25th position. 
five and two Iowa State. So there's there's a spot for him somewhere in within that um, ranking, and that would be great. But the biggest part of that is it puts them in the driver's seat for the West. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, um, you know, while while we're having to go. While we're talking rankings here, just to kind of actually, I'll let you go ahead because mine's not going to be batch related. Well, while they still have to go through Minnesota and Nebraska, those if they could figure out a way to at least have a sufficient passing game for a threat, those games don't look too scary. Now, don't get me wrong; I don't think it matters who comes out of the West that's going to touch Ohio State or Michigan or Michigan State. Michigan and Michigan State, I do believe, play this coming week, which is a bombshell of a game. That is the Big Ten noon um, game, or Big Noon of the Game of the Week. So that that will that will have a lot of eyes on it. I think uh, Wisconsin and Iowa will have a lot of eyes on it. There's some exciting stuff. I do want to take a, a little bit of my college football time here to give a shout-out to uh, – an O'Connell alum, uh, well, yeah, O'Connell alum, Jake Dickert. Uh, he played quarterback for the O'Connell Blue Devils way back in 2002. Um, then transferred with his dad, the superintendent, to Kohler. Ended up playing wide receiver for Stevens Point. And with uh, Nick Rolovich, uh, news coming out of Washington State at the mere age of 38 years old just got named the interim head coach at Washington State. All University. right, let's go. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's cool to see him there. Um, brings a lot of hopes and, and spirits to a lot of O'Connell people. Um, and and uh, I just hope he does well. He lost a tough one to BYU, 21-19, but his team played well. Um, they played hard for him. He's got a little bit of catching up to do. You can imagine not only did they fire their head coach, but they fired four assistants. Oh, wow. Um, and, and that was all because of a, a not getting the COVID vaccine, wherever you, you lay your head on that, that's up to you. Uh, just informing you of what happened mm. and why he's getting this opportunity and uh, super excited. Uh, been following his career for a long time now. Um, just really has risen through the ranks. He was he was he was a guy that came up from Augustana to Minnesota Mankato. Then he went to uh, North Dakota State, then to Wyoming, and then got the opportunity with Rolo at at uh, Washington State. So uh, hoping for the best for him. Go get it done and and get this team bowl eligible, and hopefully uh, they see see your hard work and ability to. Uh, to take the interim tag off and, and keep you there. Yeah, that'd be, a, that'd be a awesome. Five job, uh, a power five job from O'Connell to Pullman, Washington as a power five head coach. What a what a special story he is. That's incredible. I, I a couple other college football notes I want to touch on here before we get into uh, the Packers game from today. And by the time that you're listening to this uh, tomorrow on, on Monday when we release this by the you know, Packer game yesterday, a victory Monday, uh, the Michigan State Michigan game will open with Michigan as a three point three and a half point favorite, as that game is in East Lansing. It looks like, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, no, it's in it's in uh, Ann Arbor, so that will be Michigan getting the three and a half points at home. Yeah, 
So just want to touch on that. I'm going to take, I'm going to take Michigan state, Eric. I think, I think I'm going to take Michigan state. I think I would also go that route in this game too. Um, I do not believe in Jim Harbaugh's Michigan coaching until I see them do it. Um, you know, obviously be really big for the big 10. If he's able to kind of, if they can get to that Ohio state game undefeated and make that game, and you know, really something, um, but well, until that happens, like I said, I'm not going to necessarily buy into it. The other note, and I'm, I'm kind of glad we started kind of going off of the Badgers, but still talking about college football related to the state of Wisconsin, is I wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Lance Leopold and the Kansas team that hung with Oklahoma yesterday and gave Oklahoma a run for its yeah. money. And first of all, I, I want to go on record. Is I don't think Oklahoma is number two in the country good. No. They've they've survived some games that they had no business really winning, other than the fact that they just have that much better athletes and kind of scraping all these games. That's what you got to do. It's survive in advance. But Lance Leopold, for those of you that don't know or maybe forgot, was the coach at UW-Whitewater, I believe from, what, 07 to 14 or from 04 to 14, something like that. And yeah, didn't he win like four thousand games and like a thousand championships or something like he that? He might as well have. I, I don't know the exact I'd have to pull it up, but um after I believe it was six. I believe it was six championships. He had left for the greener pasture two thousand seven to two thousand fourteen. Left for the greener pastures at uh Buffalo in the Mac. Did some action for a while. They won 2007, 2009, 2010, 2011, 2013, 2014, and then were runners up in 08. So math, that is six in those that stint at, at Whitewater. And then a runner-up in 2008. And then, uh, like I said, he goes moves on to Buffalo. With Buffalo, he as a head coach, he still won 47-45. Uh, he had two-time MAC East Division championship so two, you know two two times he was the mac uh eastern champion two-time mac coach of the year with buffalo both 2018 and 2020 and then he got another you know his first power five job granted one of the lower football teams and that being the kansas jayhawks but like i said in his first year there gave of oklahoma everything they could handle and, and then some at times so uh shout out to lance leopold I think that's a, a, a special guy that they're going to have there to at least turn that team around to get to uh, a bowl eligible capability. Um, they just need to take time. They need to take time and, and, and let him develop some guys. I, I, he's an exciting coach. I mean, I, I should take that in a different way. He, he's an exciting coach to follow. He's not really an exciting coach. Period. He doesn't do anything that's uh, going to get you gung ho about, you know, we're throwing it all over the the yard. We're blitzing on him. You know, he is steady, Eddie. He is going to make sure the team is ready to play, and, and and they're schooled the right way. He's just a guy that's going to build a program for the long run, not a topsy turvy, um, good one year. Maybe not so good the next year. Yeah, the only so that's exciting. The only game they lost last year was in that MAC championship game. Uh, they would lose to Ball State, thirty-eight twenty-eight. But then winning a bowl game against Marshall in the Camellia Bowl, I think that's how that's pronounced. Mm-hmm. Uh, winning yep. that game seventeen ten, 
And like a, a six and one record, a number twenty fifth ranked Buffalo Bulls team, Buffalo Bulls B U L L S. And yeah, I mean, really, what more can you ask for? And best of luck to him there. And I, I hope he gets the time to develop that program instead of kind of having the 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 power five pressure where they only give them two years because it takes. I would say probably takes three, four years to build a true program so that your guys that you recruit that first year can go through and be, you know, finally that's a, become seniors. That's a longer rebuild. That's, that's a longer rebuild than three or four years. It absolutely that, that, is. That, but that's, that's what, that's what I'm saying. So where the, you need to give this guy five or six years to even see where the dividends are going to be really paying up. Um, to where they're going to be competing for bowls. Um, so he's got a long road ahead, and I hope that the uh, administration is very patient with him. As do I. No, that's what I'm, exactly what I'm saying. I hope he gets that more than like two or three years to to turn around because like it, it takes longer than that, and I wish the best for him. So that was my two kind of takeaways from yesterday's uh, college football action. With that, I guess we might as well stay with the sport of football. And as I've got my TV on here, the man himself, Aaron Rodgers, doing a Bergstrom commercial. Green Bay Packers victorious today with a final score of, what, 24-10 over the Washington football team. And a game that, as we kind of hinted at earlier, probably scoreboard-wise should have been closer if uh, Heineke doesn't roll over and, and fall down or if they hit Terry McLaurin on a on an open corner route or, excuse me, an out route that bounced off his face mask mm-hmm. and was wide open. But also those led to long field positions for Green Bay where they had the ball at, at the three-yard line and the two-yard line. Or, no, the goal line the one time. Um, so kind of had sh- long fields to work with and weren't able to turn that into points at times. But also kind of one of those games that never really felt like a close game either. If that makes sense, even though it should have been closer on the scoreboard uh, than what it was, but also never felt close in how I broke it down anyway. It, it felt like Green Bay's offense was always scratching for everything they could get. Like like nothing really today came easy for them like it has in the past maybe two weeks or three weeks. Yeah, and that absolutely... I thought watching... Washington's defense that they say is rated for rated last played a hell of a hell of a game today because that was not the last rated defense. No, absolutely. In my not. eyes. Absolutely not. I thought just uh I mean that front four that front seven is uh like we've talked about this a couple of weeks ago, rivals any I think in in football, uh maybe just a tier or two below Tampa Bay. Um, but they, they, they really caused a lot of trouble. Uh, I think that's one thing that's evident right now is that we're getting a little long in the tooth with how good these young guys are playing on the offensive line, not having Josh Myers today, I thought really hurt. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, they, they really attacked that side of, of, or that, that middle guy. Um, and so. The injuries are starting to rack up, um, and it will be nice to get Bakhtiari back. It will be nice to get 
Elton Jenkins back to left guard. It'll be nice to have that left side solidified. And then they can really, they have, they really have a good function of what they can do on the right side and get the five best guys out on the field. So pretty excited about getting some guys back, but the offensive line is kind of this, this just hanging on um, with those guys playing really well. It's kind of getting long in the tooth and, and excited to get some guys back. Well, I wanted to ask you, cause you weren't on the episode last week. I know I made this point with Ramsey here and I, I don't, I don't think, and then the more and more I thought about this, the more and more I think it still rings true. And uh, kind of two thoughts I have about where the state of this roster is, and we can break down the game a little bit more here in a little bit. But the state of this roster as a whole, you said it absolutely, you know, absolutely that when the you can get some guys back with Josh Myers, hopefully, you know, kind of maybe taking, especially with the short week coming up, we'll see where he's at against Arizona on Thursday night. But then you also get the mini bye week kind of going into Kansas City after that. So that's always, you know, great to to see even I hate the short week, but you like the long week after. And yeah. you know, obviously probably won't see Bakhtiari this week, but I would probably anticipate, you know, if he's the earliest he's going to play is that Kansas City game. And you know, we still don't know a whole lot about Jair's status. We don't really know a whole lot about where uh Zadarius Smith is. But one thing I did want to talk about, and I, I like I said, I, I pointed this out last week, and more and more I thought about it. Kudos to the Packers front office for being in a position where guys who probably could start in other teams and and are kind of second, third string guys who play special teams here and and have backup roles and you know just are truly role players versus stars and starters coming to Green Bay and and really stepping up when they needed to. I mean. You look at, I mean, granted, you know, first-round draft pick Eric Stokes, first-round draft pick Rashawn Gary had an incredible game today. But you look at guys who, you know, played impactful snaps today. I mean, Jonathan Garvin was getting big snaps up front. TJ Slayton blocked a kick, um, another draft pick that they were able to kind of develop and not have to plug and play right away. You look at the impact that even uh, Whitney Merciless had on a couple of his rushes and, you know, his first week here in Green Bay arriving on Wednesday and, and getting early snaps here and what he can do maybe in two weeks, you know, still kind of on the short week this week, won't necessarily have that, that full week of preparation per se of being in the building, but even what he's able to do it. And, and you look at a guy like Rasul Douglas with, I know that you pointed Just that out, huge. how much, how much of a pickup that was at the time. Uh, Cause it, it was kind of a consolation prize that they weren't able to land Stefan Gilmore because he never hit the open market. He was still on the, you know, he got traded but kind of a consolation prize and playing meaningful snaps today and really making an impact for better or for worse at times. I mean, that pass interference that they called on at one point was ridiculous. And I know he had gone down with an injury. I don't know. I believe he came back from that. I'm not a hundred percent on that. Sue Douglas uh, with the stinger. Yes. I believe he came back from that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And then even, even, I mean, you saw Jalen Smith getting after it in there today and, and Randall Cobb, I mean, maybe Aaron Rodgers GM isn't too bad off. I say that, you know, tongue-in-cheek as a joke, but the front office as a whole bringing these these crucial guys in and the draft picks that they're able to take and develop, really putting this team in a position where they're able to survive, you know, losing your all-pro cornerback, losing your two-time Pro Bowl or three-time Pro Bowl defensive end and, and Zadarius Smith and losing your all-world left tackle and David Bakhtiari. 
you're able to survive. I mean, it's not, you know, it's less than ideal. I mean, there's, it's, it's iffy at times where, you know, the kind of the rosters and lineups you're seeing. But, you know, another guy who stepped up today, Shannon Selvin, had the pick in the end zone. I mean, just yep. important plays from guys who, you know, truly embody that next man up mentality. Yeah, just it's, you know, when you talk about all those injuries, it's just how good can this team get? Uh, you look at, I mean, the pickup of the year right now for the Packers has to be um, Devondre Campbell in the middle. I mean, he led the team again in tackles. He had 10 tackles with two forced fumbles. Yeah, he's just been phenomenal. I Actually, think I think he Douglas had three because he got credited for the one on Heineke too. Rashawn Gary, two sacks today. Uh, Kingsley Kiki, uh, sack and a half with four tackles and two assisted. It's just, uh, you know, some of these younger guys are getting better. And undoubtedly, we're going to get deeper when we get our injured guys back. So it's exciting. But uh, I'll be excited for when, um, when we start getting some of these guys back. And we get to be a deeper team for the longer stretch of the season. And you're absolutely right. The, the, the short week doesn't really help, but the long week on the other side, is going to pay dividends. And I'm, you know, going into Kansas city, we're going to be playing Kansas city. It looks like at the right time because holy cow, were they bad today? Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes getting banged up a little bit. I believe he officially left with a head injury, but he took the helmet off the knee too. So he was a little banged up there, and um, I mean, we look kind of forward because there's not really a whole lot more to say. I mean, offense struggled at times, but able to get the job done in the defense. I think the defense was incredible today, outside of that opening possession. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you know when you look at stats, the running game today was kind of uh, ho hum, non-existent, non-existent. You mean Aaron Jones had six rushes today, mm-hmm. nineteen yards. You had AJ Dillon had three rushes today, six yards. Um, so I mean, your longest rush today was East U St. Brown on that end around for 13 yards. So and I gotta say, it that's probably, why I bet, I think, I'd be willing to bet that Aaron Rodgers probably had the one or two uh, right behind EQ when he had, I believe he had what ten on a couple. He maybe had one or two rushes of ten or something like that, or nine something like that on third downs. He was. He was well, the stats say he was two for 17. I don't know what the sacks add up to. Um, but it's, just, you know, the rushing game is you kind of, that's why you think maybe maybe our, uh, our, our offensive line is getting a little tired and it'll be nice to get some guys back and sort it around and whatnot here. too. Yeah. So we look ahead, you know, we look at this coming week, short week to go play Arizona down in the desert. Um, right now, I, the early line's already out for Arizona by three and a half. That'll be Thursday night football. Uh, six and one versus seven and zero. Oh, something kind of got to give. Packers on a six game win streak. Obviously, Arizona's on a seven game win streak. They took, you know, they kind of beat down on Houston today. Really, I mean, the one common opponent they have is the 49ers so far. Uh, the 49ers, they had taken, you know, really tight game, seventeen to ten, two weeks ago. So we kind of look at, yeah. you know, you can kind of compare those games, even though very different uh, 49ers teams they played in those two games. If I'm not mistaken. I think- I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what, I, I fully expect that this is the one that uh, 
Green Bay kind of gets turned back. They're they're just not healthy enough um, in the defensive backfield uh, to match up right now with what Arizona is able to bring. Um, and I don't see right as great as that defense played today. The I don't see the pass rush that's going to affect uh, Murray, and they don't have anybody that can really spy Murray. Right now, so and that's that's one thing um, I was gonna say. That, is that, this might be a shootout game. That Kyler Murray matchup worries me. Um, as a as, you know, a pundit of you know, kind of looking at the game, where you know we talk about possibly playing Kansas City at the right time. I think we're playing Arizona at the wrong time. Uh, granted, you yep. know, just taking our team's health out of it. You know, you look at this. It's a very veteran laden team that is incredibly healthy right now, and you know you don't necessarily you know. Bank on that towards the end of the season. You hope for it as a you know, as a neutral kind of outsider looking at that team. You hope mm-hmm. for it, but the track record. You look at a guy like JJ Watt. Track record says probably not going to play all seventeen. You look at a guy like right. you know, um, I mean Hopkins has played for forever, but you look at like AJ Green, probably not going to play all seventeen. James Conner probably not going to play all seventeen. Right, right. So. Um. You're absolutely right. We're you, we're probably playing them. I'm, that's what I mean by the defensive backfield. You don't have what's supposed to be your top two cornerbacks ready to go. You know, obviously Jair is a top five cornerback in the league. Kevin King, you sign him to be your number two for some reason, um, and then you draft in some aspects, yes. Uh, and then you draft Eric Stokes. Right now, you have Eric Stokes playing your number one cornerback. Mm-hmm. And and when you talk about he's going to have to be on DeAndre Hopkins, this could be a long night. This could be a great learning lesson for Eric Stokes. Or he comes out and, and announces himself as somebody special. And I think he does have special ability. Oh, absolutely. Really, he's played great so far. But when you're talking about a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, that's going to be – it's going I to think, be a tough ask. I think, and he didn't play today with injury, which, shocker. I mean, I know I'm really hard on him, but I think you need Kevin King to play on Thursday night if you can. I know he he was inactive today. Uh, I think it was a pretty, from what I read and from what I've heard from the pundits and then our, our fan Green Bay game day pregame show, it sounds like he was pretty much going to be out for this week. You kind of hope that maybe they looked at this team from Washington and said, you know, don't need him this game. Let's get him healthy for that short week against Arizona. I don't necessarily know if I think that's the case. I don't believe that it probably is, but how? I mean, it'd be no. great just to have another, you know, so you're not trotting out there with Isaac Yadam and Rasul Douglas as your two and three corners, which nothing against them guys, but you would just kind of hope that you have some length there where you could maybe match up Kevin King against um, yep. a guy like AJ Green, if need be, or Christian Kirk, or. You know, you kind of look at this line, and granted, the linebacking core is probably the strength of this team right now. So you're not too too worried about necessarily like James Conner hurting you, but you're really worried about that right. pass defense. And and you've kind of got a guy to even match up against Zach Ertz right now, but with Devondre Campbell if need be, or um, now Jalen Smith now who's got experience playing Jalen against Zach Ertz and covering Zach Ertz. Yeah, you really. But you, what we really haven't, you know, we tried to touch on it at the beginning was who are you going to have to have Darnell Savage spy Kyler Murray or Amos and, and for that so, matter. Well, I think 
I don't think Amos is fast enough to to really spy him. Probably it's not. It's got to be savage. He probably got to be, you know. And so you might see a, a lot of nickel, a lot of nickel uh, this week. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what what type of defense Barry comes up with. You you know now you say that I would you know I would you know if you're not to get kind of back to the fancy football, but I would almost kind of expect between their what is their backup his name's Chase Edmonds or something like that. Between yep. Edmonds and um, Connor. I wouldn't be surprised if they have like a big statistical game just because of how, like you said, how frequently Green Bay is going to be in nickel defense. Now, can Green Bay keep them out of the end zone and not get hurt by the big play? I mean, we'll see. That's kind of, you know, been one thing here that other aside from today, I mean, Green Bay hasn't really, I mean, actually last week too, but Green Bay hasn't gotten burned a whole, I mean, I can't even say that. I take that back. I was going to say they haven't gotten burned on big plays. But, you know, kind of think about the last three games they really have, so I really can't say that. But um, it's right. going to have to avoid the big plays and and kind of try to make them nickel and dime you. The, that's pretty much the only option you're going to have, and this might be a shootout game. It's going to be pretty exciting, to be honest with you. That's, that's the way I see it. I don't know how else you could describe that this, besides this game is going to be a shootout. I don't think either defense can really stop each other. Yeah, I you know, you look at, I mean, statistically speaking, not necessarily in practice, but statistically speaking, Green Bay has a borderline top 10 defense. So, you know, be curious, you know, I think scoring-wise, they're fourth and fifth pass up, you know, versus rush. But scoring-wise, I believe they're 13th. So kind of, you know, still in that top echelon. We talk about how, you know, up till today, they had given up 15 straight um, appearances in the red zone with touchdowns, which terror, you know, you don't want to get see that anytime, but three straight today where they didn't. So, I mean, kind of turning the page on that and something mm-hmm. had to give there eventually. I mean, that wasn't going to mm-hmm. go on all season, but you kind of look at the it's defense. I mean, between the, tw- between the twenties, I mean, really kind of incredible stuff they've been doing lately. Well, they're, they're starting to peak at the, at the right time. So let's hope that it matches up because Joe Barry's got his hands full this week. Yeah, really the next two weeks. I mean, you don't want to get caught looking ahead at Kansas City when you've got a very formidable, you know, high-powered offense in the Cardinals, but kind of back-to-back weeks. Could be, and, could be an NFC championship game preview. There's three horses in the NFC. There's no doubt about it. I'd say four. You, you, you could probably call four with with uh, the Rams. Yep. Rams, Cardinals, box and pack. And yep. I think out of those four, if you're asking me out of those four, and I could honestly tell you, I think the, the pack are number four out of that group. Well, I guess we'll have to see, you know, I, I still, I'm still waiting to see how the Rams are long-term. Um, I mean, we, we saw a very different Rams team with Jared Goff in the playoffs, but green Bay handled them pretty well. And, We'll have to see where Green Bay can be health wise come you know come playoff time because right now, you know we kind of talk about you know this and more in basketball, but you know actually something you said about the Bucks, but this team's just got to get there, um, get there, mm-hmm. get healthy, you know, be there, be healthy, and see where you're at from there. I think that's very much the same kind of route the Packers got to take, especially with some of these additions. With like I said, with Rasul Douglas being a very you know it could be a guy who 
play some big minutes and being in that third cornerback role or fourth cornerback role uh, late in the season, depending on the health of Jair, if, if Kevin King can come back or maybe even playing that fourth cornerback when uh, Jair comes back and Kevin King comes back. You see what you can get out of Jalen Smith in that new scenery where he's, I mean, he's looked good at, you know, really good at times. We've seen Devondre Campbell's been incredible, very, you know, much an upgrade over last year. You look at, you know, see what Whitney Merciless can give you. You know, as a guy who's been in the league for 10 years now. But still a, a nice piece to have as a potentially, you know, hopefully as, you know, a fourth pass rusher if all things are kind of firing yep. the way that you would want it to go. Let's see. Uh, this is a statement game, and it's, it kind of feels like, well, it could be the number one seed. This could matter for the number one. Seed. It's a it's a hell hell of a game. I'm I don't I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Arizona. I'm gonna take them thirty five to twenty. Okay, so you kind of answered my question. I was gonna say, would you take them with the three and a half points? I would take Arizona with the three and a half, no matter what. All right. I think I'm also, I think when, you know, before, you know, I know that when Ramsey and I did our predictions before the season, um, I believe I took the Packers in this game, and that was not knowing what we were going to get out of out of Arizona and kind of hoping that the health-wise they'd be in a much better spot. I don't want to do this because I've, I've had pretty good luck not doing this and taking the homer route, but I think you're going to be right, Justin. I, I would probably take Arizona and the points. Uh, just kind of one of those games where, I, like I said, I think the health's going to be the biggest factor. If I had to put a score on it, I would probably say I'm going to go 38, 38, 30. 38, 30. Okay. Okay. So still a win for the Cardinals, still covering that three and a half. I want to be wrong. I do. But we will see. I'm not, you know, I, I don't know how I feel. Just it's mostly depth at this point uh, for the Packers. If they were fully yeah. healthy, I'd be taking Green Bay. But the reality is they're not, and I guess we'll have to see. It's going to be exciting, Eric. I can't wait. All right. So with that, I you know kind of talked to all ends of the the Packer spectrum here. So I guess why don't we just finish up with what we're rooting for for the next week and. Truthfully, kind of a long time before we record again, kind of taking the reverse route of the Packers of, or kind of previewing, I guess, I suppose, where we kind of take the short week and then go into a longer week where we won't probably record till next Monday or Tuesday. So kind of a full week here without recording. But Justin, what are you going to root for for the next week? Well, obviously the Packer game. Um, that's going to be exciting. There's not much else you can root for. Um, on the flip side, my hometown O'Connell Blue Devils volleyball team just made sectionals with the regional final win last night. So rooting for them as they go forward in the sectional semifinal game, I believe it's Thursday. And then uh, our conference foe and uh, a team in which my uncle is the head coach for will be playing uh, in the football quarterfinals. For eight-man football, Lena St. Thomas Aquinas, they'll take on uh, Leona Wabino, two state-ranked teams, two undefeated teams um, in Lena on Friday night. So I'll be attending that game. Excited to go to that. Two teams that really, you know, took it to us, but learned a great deal from. Um, so 
go go Titans as they do the co-op there as they call themselves and go Blue Devils. And what are you going to be doing Saturday, Justin? Too Saturday, I am either going either going to Cardinal Stritch to watch former basketball player Aubrey um, make her college. Uh, well, I, I think her debut is Tuesday, but play in, in one of her first college games uh, for Cardinal uh, Saturday and in, in a classic, or I am going to be parked on the couch with my three kids and my wife and watching, see if I can find you in the stands, Eric. Fantastic. I'm going to go, obviously, you know, kind of, I always, you know, take the team. I'm going for live sports. I want to see the Badgers pull one off. I want to see the Packers pull one off on Thursday night. So really could kind of go, not technically back-to-back, but could really go back-to-back games uh, where, I mean, Wisconsin is the betting favorite, but kind of a, an underdog when you look at the rankings. Uh, Packers are the underdog in terms of betting in that game too, so kind of hoping for two upsets. And then I'm just hoping for a good World Series. I mean, I love the World Series. I, I love all aspects of it, you know, but obviously the baseball on the biggest stage. And also, you know, call me a nerd. Call me the the you know the broadcast and my inner journalism school and my my mass media school, but I love watching Fox's presentation of the World Series. Uh, just one of the, it's really as good as it gets for TV production of a sporting event. And just kind of looking to kind of nerd out on that front as well as the actual games themselves. Hopefully, we have a good series. I, I you know I, on paper everything kind of lining up for it to be a great series. Lots of offense with some really good pitching mixed in there, too. So everything you kind of want out of a World Series, here it is. Two, you know, one team that's brand new, one team that's been there before, and we'll see what happens. Go Braves! Go Astros. That's episode 46. <laughs> we are in the books. For Ramsey, who's not here, Justin Dahl at home. I'm Eric, signing off. Root for Wisconsin Show, episode 46. We are out. See ya! Salut!